0: You're listening to the Word Alive International Outreach Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, visit wordalive.org. We hope you enjoy this message from Kent Maddox. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied are the people who know the joyful sound, who understand and appreciate the spiritual blessings symbolized by the feast. They walk, O oh Lord, in the light of your favor and your countenance. What a powerful scripture. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied are people who know what these feasts represent. And maybe we pause here just a minute. These feasts don't save us. So let's don't get confused. Jesus has already saved us. He is the Messiah. He fulfilled all these feasts. So when we celebrate this, this is no different really than taking communion. It's a spiritual act in something that's already transpired. The difference about this is there's a calendar of time involved that when we do this at the right time, we slip into a calendar with God or a time in a season, if you will, where there's spiritual power made available to us or an open portal, if you will, that allows us to move into what God wants to do in our lives. And so we're at the right time at the right place. It doesn't matter where you're at right now. After today, everything can be different in your life. Now, I said it doesn't matter where you are right now. After today, everything can be different in your life. So we've titled this Limitless. This is our new year. We've looked at a scripture that I thought was very powerful in Psalm 78, 43, 41. Here's what it says. How often they provoked him in the wilderness, speaking of Israel and God, and grieved him in the desert yes again and again they tempted god and limited the holy one of israel again and again they tempted god limited the holy one of israel here's the god of all heaven and earth jeremiah says he created the stars and the moon and and the sun created all the heavens and the earth and he he, god says is there anything too hard for me this very God who created us was leading the people through the desert, taking them to a promised land. Yet it, in that desert, they it says they limited him because they didn't really believe he was who he said he was and he could do what he said he could do. And they limited God's hand. How many of you would pause a minute and just think back in your life, maybe you've limited God in part of your life. You've limited what God could do through your own unbelief. You've limited God because of your own mindset and not understanding the truth of God's Word and the power of God that's available to us. Yet all all along we know God is able, God is willing, and God wants to move supernaturally in our life. So this is a very exciting time of year. Rosh Hashanah is a time to remember traditionally all the way back to creation. Actually today, as we celebrate today, we celebrate actually creation itself not just creation but the sixth day of creation in which god put man in the garden and it says he blessed him (laughs) let me just go ahead and give you a little little heads up god didn't start this thing with a curse everybody talks about the, the 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 original sin how about the original blessing God started this thing out with a blessing. He said, I'll bless you, I'll make you fruitful, I'll give you dominion, and I'll cause you to multiply. So Rosh Hashanah is a time biblically where we we'll return back to the garden or to the source Of the original blessing trusting that as we've repented for our sins and our shortcomings we've got a brand new opportunity a brand new start to move with God again in this season if you can just lay aside the past forget it get you a clean slate you can move forward today in a brand new supernatural way so touch two or three people say forget the past get a clean slate move forward today tell them Jesus said as far as possibilities go, everything is possible for the person who believes. Everything is possible for the person who believes. Today we make a decision, are we gonna believe God and his report? Whose report you gonna believe? You gonna believe what everybody else is saying? You gonna believe what your circumstances are saying? Gonna believe what the devils are talking to you about? You gonna believe what people are telling you it's impossible or are you gonna make a decision, I'm gonna believe what God said this year and I'm gonna move forward in God in this year like never before. I got five things that I hope hope's gonna help us move forward. Number one, toothbrush. Fate is like a toothbrush. Use it daily, but don't use someone else's. Get your own faith. Get your own faith. You should wake up every morning with a great expectation of what God wants to do in your life. His mercies are new every morning. We should get up every morning believing God to do something in our life that he's never done before. I'd like to try to believe God for five impossible things even before breakfast. Come on. Wake up expecting God to do something. But believe, get your own faith. Get the word of God out. Read the scriptures yourself, get your own own prayer life. Quit quit depending on mama's prayers. Quit depending on grandma's prayers. I love my grandma and grandmama and grandpa, uncle and everybody else, but you gotta get your own faith. You can't use somebody else's faith. You got to make a decision this year that I'm going to get a hold of God in my own life. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And if you come to God, you must believe he is God and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Make God the top priority for you. When you get up in the morning before you brush your teeth, even have breakfast, hit your knees for five or 10 minutes. Ask, Invoke God's blessings and Holy Spirit on your life that day. Get a hold of the Word of God and say, Devil, no matter what you try to put on to me today, greater is he that's on the inside of me than he that's in the world. Come on. Charge yourself up by your faith first thing in the morning. See, like in Seoul, Korea, where Pastor Young-hee Cho's church I visited, when you go to their church for counseling, first thing they ask you, have you been to Prayer Mountain? Which is where they pray. Have you been to Prayer Mountain and fasted? That's not exciting as feasting, is it? Everybody And have you fasted and prayed for two days? No. Go there. If you still need counseling, come back and we'll counsel you. The larger percentage of people that go there come back. They don't need counseling because they got a hold of God for themselves. And God spoke to them personally. And it radically changed and altered the destination of their lives. And they begin to move in a brand new direction. Touch two or three, four people say, get a hold of God in this season. Tell them, get a hold of God in this season. I bought this at midnight on QVC. It's awesome. I don't know the name of it, but it's a fancy, mancy, red hot copper skillet. And man, I got fired up when I saw this on TV. I called in the right amount of time and got knives to go with it. And I mean, it's like, a, and then they threw me another deal and I got a second one from my kids. Man, it was, I, I, I had a box of stuff show up off QVC. It's amazing. What's this thing do? This thing, it's it's it's, it's better, it's it's Teflon, but there's a supernatural something about it. Uh, You can fry cheese in this thing. You know what I'm talking about? And it just flips over like nothing. You don't even have to put no oil, no grease. It's powerful. What's my point? Be like a Teflon pan. Don't let things stick to you in this season. Just let things find its way off of you. It doesn't matter what your third grade teacher said about you that you never was gonna amount to anything. The devil is a lie. God's gonna do what he's gonna do in your life. Don't let your past failures and mistakes cling to you. Let them roll off of you knowing that his mercy is new every morning and his grace is sufficient. Don't let the negative words that the enemy's speaking against you hold on. Just let them slide off of you. Don't hold on to that unforgiveness and that grudge and that and that thing that's trying to stick to you to hold you in your past. My Bible says the Lord is like a shield unto me. I'm telling you, no weapon formed against you is gonna prosper in this season. Oh, it may be formed, but it's not gonna stick. It's gonna slide off when it hits you. Why? I got a shield of faith that I'm gonna raise. Come on, somebody. I got a shield of faith. It's Teflon, baby. When I raise up my shield of faith, the enemy may throw a dart, but it ain't sticking to me. I am moving forward in this season. Touch three people say, don't let nothing stick to you. I wake up in the morning, and lots of mornings, I want to roll back over in this thing. Why? As long as I'm in a comfort zone, I feel safe and secure. Don't want to get up and face things. I love this quote I heard recently. Face the music, someday you'll lead the band. Devil wants to get us in a comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone. Take a step of faith this year. Attempt to do something for Jesus that if he doesn't help you, you're gonna fail. Lay hands on the sick. You say, what if they don't get healed? What if they do? Speak God's word. Start speaking to mountains instead of praying about them. Stand up and be the priest of your house. Yeah. Quit counting on your wife to do it. You get up out of your comfort zone. Cut ESPN off and get the Bible up just for a minute and speak God's word over your family for five minutes. I, I know I know football's dangerous this time you're talking about sports. It's dangerous. Come on. I understand that, but cut it off for five minutes and stand up in your own house and you say, I know I'm not comfortable with that. I understand. Stand up in your own houses, men. Get the word of God out and speak God's word over your blessings and over your children. Some of you sitting here, you need to go to, you've you not made a step toward Freedom Track. You're just comfortable sitting here, hearing preaching and hearing some worship and going home doing life the same. Take a step of faith this year. Freedom Track starts the first Sunday of every morning. Go through Freedom Track, find out who your identity is. Realign with kingdom culture, engage with the Holy Spirit, encounter your deliverance, develop the gifts of the Spirit in your life, open your heart to purpose and help us make Jesus famous to the whole world around here. Come on. Some of you are leaders and you're sitting here. You need to, you say, well, I don't feel led. Get to lead out, get into leadership class. Get out of your comfort zone. Go to missions trip. i talked to a guy, just signed up to go to Uganda, never been out of the United States. He is scared spitless. He said, I am so scared. I said, why'd you do it? He said, I just had to. He said, I'm afraid, but I'm going anyway. You know what's going to happen to him? Our problem in the future is not going to be him going. Our problem is going to be keeping him here because he's going to go and all that. Come on, somebody. Get out of your comfort zone. Share your testimony with somebody. Raise your hands in church for the first time. Quit worrying what people think about you. Let it slide off of your Teflon self. Get out of your comfort zone. Break away from some old relationships that you're so comfortable around. You wanna see what your year looks like? Look at who you're hanging out with today. That's what your year looks like. If you don't wanna be where they are, get you some new friends and move on out of that comfort zone to a new place. Get under a mentor, get under a discipleship, somebody that'll raise you up in God, not push you down away from God you got to make a choice. You can stay where you're at or you can move forward. This is a season. Touch truth. People say, get out of your comfort zone. (laughs) Oh, John Player, the guy that leads worship. I say, old John Player, young John Player that leads, leads worship here sometime. He told this story of his own mouth. He said he was sitting there one day and he said, Lord, I'm not comfortable leading worship. He said, just like this, the Lord said, John, the cross wasn't comfortable either. I really appreciate everybody that comes here to celebrate with us, but I need some people who's wanting to sacrifice with us. I'm looking for some people that get out of your comfort zone and say, we want to make a difference, not only in our city, but around the world. We're tired of sitting by hearing about radical terrorism and all the death and destruction when we have the light of the world, that we are called to be the light to the whole world. Come on, somebody. Dare to do it differently. I mean, this is about, who wants to preach with a toothbrush and a skillet? Come on. But you get out of your comfort zone. I was at a funeral yesterday. It was so powerful to see somebody move outside their comfort zone. Tony Monjuri, who plays a saxophone, who's 78 years old, by the way, and serves God radically. If you're looking for inspiration, just a few months ago, went through open-heart surgery. Bounced right back up, out blowing that horn, radically ministering for Jesus. Pat Grogan, a dear sister in the faith, we did her service here yesterday, her and Coach Grogan, they've been here for 16 years, and we were at her gravesite, and Tony always goes with us, and he plays Amazing Grace, it's the last thing at the gravesite, it is gorgeous, it always is such a comfort to the family, Oh, Tony got up there playing, and he played, he played, and all of a sudden I saw him, he, like he was thinking about something, you know, I was watching him play, and he, and he, he changed keys, and I was like, oh, look, I, you know, what's he going to do, he's only ever played Amazing Grace, and, and then he started playing Jesus Loves Me. Oh, kid's song. And the anointing of God hit that gravesite. Family members became undone. They were sobbing and began to hit each other and say, Who told him? Who told him? How did he know that? So we ended the service and they came to me and said, What happened? Who told us? And we didn't tell him anything. He met us here. They said, Oh, my God the last two songs when my mom died we stood in the hospital around her bed after she had died and we sang two songs amazing grace and jesus loves me they said what an affirmation of god's spirit so i told tony i said tony why in the world did you play jesus loves me He said i don't know i was playing amazing grace and i just felt the spirit of god say play jesus loves me and he said, I've got to thing. well, that's probably not appropriate. That's a children's church song, and it's not really appropriate for a gravesite. But I kept feeling the unction of the Holy Spirit just to do something different. And when he got out of the box, can you imagine the affirmation? That one act of faith out of a comfort zone, willing to do something differently. That family got radically empowered to say, our mom's in a great place. God is with us, and we can now move on to the future. Touch three or four people. Tell them, get out of your comfort zone. Tell them, get out of your comfort zone. You're like a tea bag. Not worth much till you've been in some hot water. You ain't worth much till you've been in some hot water. We walk around talking about how much we love God and how much we believe God and how much we trust God. And we can say things like I'm blessed and highly favored. And, and we can say all the cliches. But you really don't know what's inside of you till you're getting some hot water. And I'm telling you, in this season, when you get in some hot water, because Jesus didn't promise everything was going to be easy, he said, through much tribulation, you'll enter the kingdom. But I got good news. He said, through much tribulation, you'll have in the world. But be of good courage. I have overcome the world. Right? Everybody wants to be an overcomer, but they don't want to have anything to overcome. Don't let your failures and your disappointments And the things that have caused you to be disillusioned in this past season keep you from moving forward in the new season. We all fail. We all get in hot water. We all make mistakes. We all fight demonic strategies and battles. The enemy comes against each and every one of us trying to stop us. And yes, sometimes we get hit. Sometimes we get overtaken. Sometimes we come under the influence. But I got good news. The Bible says our outward man may be perishing, but our inward man is being renewed day by day by day. Whatever you're going through is not to destroy you. It's only to make you better and make you stronger, and prepare you for what's in the days ahead. If the shoe fits, don't wear it. If the shoe fits, don't wear it. What does that mean? You got to leave room to grow. Don't live within your means. People told me all my life, live within your means. If I live within my means, I'm never going to accomplish anything for God. I don't have enough means to do what God has asked me to do. I got a dream. I got a vision from God. And if God doesn't move and grow me and do things in my life, I'll never be able to answer the mandate of God on my If your dream hadn't put you in a place where God's got to come through and enlarge your life, then your dream is not big enough for what God wants to do in your life. God wants to move. I'm not saying spend money recklessly. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about live beyond your means. Webster's Dictionary determines the word means as average. Well, I don't know about you. I'm not interested in being an average Christian. I don't mind being an average person, but I don't want to be an average Christian. I want Jesus to get his full reward for what he paid for for my life. Not only did he pay for my sins, but he also purchased my destiny. And he put something inside of me that's supposed to be useful for his purpose in his kingdom. And I'm unwilling to die with my potential left on the inside of me and not fulfill God's purposes and plans. So you get out there by faith and just live beyond your means in God by faith. When my wife and I first got saved, we were so broke. I was coming out of a lifestyle of drug addiction, coming out of a Huge debt to the IRS. We were making our way through all that. We got a hold of God's principles early. We started believing that we could live a big life in God, and we started dreaming about what God could use us to do and allow us to do in in His kingdom. And so we started moving forward and giving and tithing and believing and reading the scriptures and praying and asking God. God opened doors and put us in the ministry. And we had a small house there in Orlando, Florida, Winter Park. And I was working in the ministry on a very low salary, but God was just showing up and. Supply needs and showing us your salary does not determine what you can have in me. Your salary is just seed that you can use to move in my kingdom economy and do things that you couldn't even dream that you could do before. And so Bev and I began to look at Bev, at, our, at our home, and we we were, it was a desperate need for some furniture. I went on a trip, missions trip, came back and our, all of our living room furniture was gone. Nothing but carpet. I said, Bev, did somebody rob us? You know, what, what happened while well, I was gone? She said, uh, no, I've met a missionary couple that just came off the missionary field and they rented a house here. They're trying to get reestablished and they needed furniture, so I gave them our furniture. Wow. i like, you didn't want to keep a chair? You know, I mean, we had nothing, no, there was nothing, zero to sit on in the living room, in the den. and. uh and she said, she said, no, I just felt this is what we're supposed to do. And uh, I said, well, why? She said, well, we needed more furniture. And I figured the only way to get more furniture is to make room for it. I'm like, I hope you ain't looking for me to buy no new furniture because I ain't got no money. And she said, no, I'm not looking to you. I'm looking to the Lord. And, you know, I mean, just honest, you know, you think, well, boy, really, I hope she heard from the Lord because I mean, it's going to be bad, you know, sitting on, this, sitting, on, sitting on this carpet. It was the next day or the next day, very brief time. I show up at uh, the office of the church I was working in, and I walked in and sat down, and there was a furniture catalog sitting on my desk with a note on it that said, I was praying, a lady, I was praying, and the Lord said, they need some new furniture. I opened it up, and there was a check inside the catalog to replace all the furniture much better than what Bev gave away. We had a whole brand, come on. Now, you say, you say, oh, well, praise God, you know, Kent got some new furniture. That's not what it's about. We got a revelation, ah, come here. What about me getting furniture? It was about Bev and I getting a revelation that our God is bigger and more able to do what we would ever dream or think and imagine if we would just get out there and make room for him to move in our life. Everybody here needs a furniture testimony everybody here needs a testimony we got out there and we, we, we put God on the spot we tested God and God opened the windows of heaven I, look I don't need everybody here to live like that but I need somebody here that'll get a hold of that vision and tap into the cycles of the blessing of God and start living beyond your means and let's see this message of freedom go to the whole world and let it be changed Last scripture, Malachi, I've been telling you about him for three weeks now. From the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances, have not kept them. Return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes and offerings into my storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now on this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't even have room enough to receive it. If, you, if that's not a big enough promise, then not only will I do that, I will rebuke the devourer. This is one we miss. I will rebuke the devourer. Now, I appreciate the idea of me returning to God and him opening the windows of heaven, but I'm going to tell you what I appreciate more, him rebuking the devourer, that thing that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy my, come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about when Satan comes against you. The Lord steps in and says, you can't touch this one. My hand is against you, and he rebukes the devourer for my sake. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. If you don't believe there's somebody out there trying to kill, steal, and destroy you, you better wake up, my friend. The enemy's walking around like a roaring lion just seeking whom he may devour. But my Bible says if I'll line up with God's ordinances and his purposes, not only will he bless me, but he will rebuke the devourer for my sake. Israel had gone into captivity because they had left God's ordinances. What are God's ordinances? That's what we're celebrating today. That's getting in alignment with God, celebrating the feast, moving forward, doing what God's asked us to do, celebrating the right time of year, responding in faith to what he's asked us to do, and now get ready for what God wants to do. When I read this, several things, the devourer really hit me. The other thing that really hit me, he said, return to me and I'll return to you. Now, I thought a lot about me returning to him, but I got to think about him returning to me. Now, I don't know about you, but I need God. <laughs> I'm talking about, I'm desperate. If I don't have God in my life, I'm, I know I am destined for destruction. Because I've already realized I can't keep myself. If he's not keeping me, I can't be kept. You say, what is, I've got a whole revelation. that says, what is the fear of the Lord? What is the fear of the Lord? I'm afraid to live without him. <laughs> I'm not afraid of him. I'm afraid to live without him. I need him. And I realize that. And the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom. The, the biggest thing you can get in your mind is you get the reality you need God. That's the beginning of wisdom. Don't let the wise man glory in his wisdom. Don't let the strong man glory in his strength. But let him who glories glories in this, that he knows and understands the Lord. And so I'm talking about when we return to God, he returns to us. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Rapha, my healer. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord who fights my battles for me. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord of peace. Jehovah Shema, the Lord ever present with me. Jehovah Rohe, my shepherd. Man, I got Psalm 23 out and read it the other day. Whew. As soon as I opened it up, man, I just began to weep when I read, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. (laughs) It has nothing to do with the sheep. It only has to do with the shepherd. He leads me beside still waters, restores my soul, anoints my head, prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. Come on, I need God, and I need people that need God with me. I'm just telling you like it is. I'll go back to a statement. I appreciate everybody that comes to celebrate with us, but we need those who want to sacrifice with us, those who really want to get a hold of God in this season and everything that God wants to do. Come on. I'm not satisfied sitting in these red chairs preaching a little bit to you on Sunday and everything remaining the same. Now we've done a lot. Just this year, I got to think about this morning, 55,000 Ugandans are drinking clean water this year because of me and you. Come on, 55,000 Ugandans. There's another trip trip headed to Uganda in November. The pastors are so fired up about what we're doing in the water, they're, they're inviting teams to come and help them build their churches and do more work in the nation of Uganda. Word Alive Argentina celebrating seven years now. I just got back. The whole nation is being changed and now planning world life churches all over the nation of Argentina because of your generosity and our, and our working together. We just sent a young pastor and his wife. Jared and Hannah to Peru in the poorest part of Peru in Juan Cao, Some of the poorest people that you'll ever know. And we sent a pastor there who's going to bring the good news of the gospel is this. You don't have to be poor no more. Jesus can come and change your life. Right? Hospitals in Bangladesh, thousands of dollars. Tanzania, $35,000 for land so they can build their church. And they've planted 10 churches out of that one but not just internationally, I can go on and on about that. 680 people went through Freedom Track this year in our church and are finding a lifestyle of freedom. 100 recovering addicts, mostly court ordered, come here every Wednesday night. We feed them a beautiful meal and they're learning the teachings of Christ and they're finding radical deliverance and freedom through the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, come on somebody. 60 kids. I walked in youth Wednesday night. 60 teenagers in there radically worshiping God, breaking chains off of each other, prophesying to each other, walking as instruments of light in dark places in these high schools around that you can keep the Bible out of school, but you can't keep the Bible out of a Holy Ghost teenager going into the school. We got 150 kids and kids alive that are being trained and equipped even today. We're not babysitting them. We're teaching them as, as third and fourth graders how to hear God, how to dream dreams, how to understand the movings of the Holy Spirit, how to minister to each other. Why we're raising them up in the Lord so when they get to t- get to be teenagers, we're not having to deliver them. They're on fire by the time they get to be teenagers. We teach and preach the Word of God every week, and it goes through the Internet to people all over the world. People going into jails and ministries every week out of here, coming back with radical stories and testimonies of life-changing endeavors. We, but we need God because we're not satisfied. We believe that the, God spoke to us when He said, Don't limit the Holy One of Israel, God wants to do more than he's ever done in our lives and in this church if we would just dare to get out there and believe Him. All this costs a lot of money. Our budget alone in this church is three hundred thousand dollars a month. And this beautiful little girl that just got saved recently out of addiction. She was precious. She'd saved a bit of money and she came to me and she didn't realize the power bill and she said, I just want to help pay the power bill. You know, I'm like, whoo. I said, it's $20,000. She's like, whoa. She said, I got a thousand. I said, I'll come up with a 19. Thank you very much, doll. And she, "But can you she so wanted to help? Here's a, somebody coming out of addiction says, "Just let me be part of paying the power bill so we keep preaching the gospel. Come on. I said, "Come on. So I, I understand this ain't for everybody. I understand this message today not for everybody. But it's got to be for somebody. And I, I can't call you. Only God can call you. But God is calling people in this season to say, I'm not going to stay where I'm at. I'm going to move in a new direction this year. I'm going to move and I'm not staying here. And so I know the number one God, the way God moves in our lives is through us offering give, offerings and givings to God to move forward into new seasons. And so I understand some of you, maybe you're just, Bev and I prayed about this morning. We know that our church is full of people that are just coming through addiction, maybe even been in prison, don't even have much money. Don't wait to get blessed to start. You got to start now. Dollar. Five. It's not about the amount. It's your faith moving toward God. And he'll honor that in your life. You don't have to wait till you're blessed. You can start now, and God will be. But then I also realize there's people in our church. You set no money. Touch your neighbor. Say, so I hope he's talking about you. <laughs> don't prepare for a rainy day. Enjoy the sunshine. And I'm asking God today when we give these first fruits offering because we've spent a book of money. We have no money in the bank. We spend every dime we get. Say it's poor stewardship. I don't think so. I think it's big hearts. Maybe poor business, but it's big hearts. Because we can't stand to hear people dying of water and food and, and struggling, and we can do something about it. We can't do everything, but we can do something. And so we just keep trying to do more and more. But I believe God wants to release a blessing on you so that we corporately can keep doing everything God's called us to do. So I'm going to challenge. I've, I put a challenge out today believing for this first fruits offering for at least 200, which isn't a big number for our church, 200 people in our congregation to give a $1,000 seed today. Just step out in faith and say, Well, that's a big thing for me, but I'm going to do it. Bev and I chose to do that, and i tell you why. And I'm going to quit here. There's something about it. This year, 5,777 is a Hebraic number. And I read it this morning. It says it's the only time it'll happen for a thousand years. Then I got to thinking the blessing, the curse goes to the third generation, but the blessing goes to a thousand generations. And I got to thinking could we give a seed to God and trust Him not only to bless us and let us break into God's cycles of blessings, but even generations to follow us could move in it. And I know, only God can speak to you about it, but I'll tell you this quick thing and then we'll pray. And then we're going to make a declaration and we're headed to the connection. But I believe today's a decisive moment for those of us who want to get out of the box and follow God. I was watching TV, I was going through the channels, and this TV preacher was on there. And he was talking about a $1,000 seed. And I thought, oh, I'm going to get past that because he's going to get me. So I went through, so came back through, there he was again. Every time I get through something, would tug on me. I was like, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm not going I'm not, I ain't getting got. I went back through and I said, Lord, is this, if this is you, because I need to live outside my means. If this is you, let him say that this is not for him, but for you. As soon as I said that prayer, this man said, If this is for me and not for God, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth and let me never speak another word to God's people. I said, I grabbed my credit card out. I called that number. I busted that seed. Then I felt terrible regret. I was like, he got me. He got me. He got me. Daniel, can I tell on you just a minute? Me and old Daniel Hughes was in the connection. He gave me some money. Daniel did. I put it in my pocket. This girl came up, she said, "Can I? would you pray for me? I said, yeah, I took her hands. God said, don't pray. He said, the answer's in your pocket. I went, got out, gave it to her. She started sobbing. She said, that's the exact amount of money I need. You know what happened? Her husband went on to get saved, who then died. All through that act. Oh, Daniel was so funny. He said, I really appreciate what you did. He said, that's why I leave my money in a car when I come to church. <laughs> He said, not that I won't give it, but I want enough time to walk out there and really think about it before I come back in again. It. And I do want you to think. But you know what happened? I knew it was God. It was one of the, one of the biggest times of seeing God work like that. The next 30 days, if I just yes, this calculated, $35,000 supernaturally came into our hands in the next 30 days outside our normal income so that we could bless and do and give and do all we wanted to do around the world with different things. I'm just telling you, God, I need, God needs people who can break into that kind of living. Living beyond our means with heavenly resources flowing into your lives and into the church so we can continue to do everything God wants us to do. Now, I don't want to limit you to $1,000 because some could give 10000 or 100. dollars I don't know if there's anybody that can do that. If you're here, I would like to know you. amen but seriously this is a Rosh Hashanah season this is an appointed time and if we move by faith today I believe God can do supernatural things in our lives and we can unlock God's silence thanks for listening to our sermon of the week visit wordalive.org for more content from Word Alive International Outreach